Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about The Twilight Zone Season 1, Episode 7. It's called The Lonely. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. And I'll be honest, Tara, I don't think there's any two people more equipped to talk about an episode called The Lonely than me and you. <laughs> it's so sad and true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. If you think you're hurting my feelings, you're not. I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- Tara was just saying before we started <laughs> that she's ordered a sex bot. It's on the way, and she'll she'll yeah. review it. That'll be an episode. I didn't know they've been available since the fifties. <laughs> Yes, that is a reference to the episode ahead. I, I I love to think that someone, some people watch these reviews without watching the episodes. So that <laughs> sex bot joke just like came out of nowhere. It was like, wait, why are we talking about sex bots? What was happening? So yeah, so this episode's called The Lonely, and it's about a, a man named Corey who is living on an asteroid, uh, which you only know because it tells you. If it if it didn't tell you in the narration, you wouldn't know it was an asteroid. Right, because it looks like a planet, the desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it so... looks like all the the sets of Star Trek. <laughs> no, that's a that is a lie because Star, the original Star Trek never actually shot on location. It was always a a, a set with a really bad painting, a matte, a matte painting. <laughs> they were never this big. This this at least looked fairly expansive when they were outside. Oh, the spaceship set looked a little Star Trek. Okay, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. Um. I'm like, how dare you say this is better than Star Trek? No, I will defend Star oh. Trek. <laughs> Are you kidding? Do you know who you're talking to? I would never. Do you know who who I am? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your version of the goddamn Batman is, but I feel like that's where that was heading. Um, so, yeah, so he he's actually we find out he's a he's a he's a criminal. He's a convicted criminal, and this is his punishment. He's imprisoned here on this asteroid to live alone in this little house, this little tiny house. He's got like an old-fashioned car outside. Uh, old-fashioned by the, the even the 1559 standards, not just old-fashioned by our standards. Mm-hmm. And every three months, a, a rocket lands with a crew of three who bring him supplies. And mm-hmm. he's lonely. That's the, that's obvious. As the title would imply, he's very lonely. When they show up, he's like, oh, stay for you know a little while and play some cards with me or you know play some chess and you know just hang yeah. out. He, he likes this guy, Appleby. His, who, who comes I love his it. turn when he sees like the, the rocket ship. And how he goes from just being completely miserable to being like a kid at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Just everything is just the greatest. It's Christmas morning. He's excited. He's checking that he's got stuff in the fridge for him. He's checking that he's, he's, he's got his, 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 his makeshift checkers board out. Uh, yeah, everything's ready to go. He's so excited. <laughs> and he runs up and the guy's like, oh, no, the layover's going to be 15 minutes this time because of, of the orbits. And he's like, 15 minutes? That's not enough time for anything. It's, no, no, please. You have to stay. You have to. You play some games because he says like, "Oh, if we don't go in the next fifteen minutes, we're going to be here for fourteen days." And he's like, "He's eyes light up." That's he's okay. like, Fourteen days. Oh, I can put you up for fourteen days. I'll sleep on the floor. You guys can share the bed. <laughs> um, so, and then Appleby clearly is sympathetic towards him because we find out that he 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 still claims he killed someone in self defense. And yeah. Appleby sympathizes. He's hoping for with a that. pardon. And he. Appleby in his way, I was like, hey, look, there's a, there's a crate here, which I could lose my job if anyone found out why I brought you. So wait until we're out of sight before you open it. And the instructions are in there. It'll activate on its own. And I'm like, and for the record, I once the episode started, I remembered this. What Rod Sterling brought out last week? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, no, no. I mean, once the episode started, because I couldn't remember the episode itself, but when it started, I remembered seeing it before. I was like, oh, I remember okay, this okay. set. Yeah, I remember him being lonely. I remember all this stuff. And sure enough, in the crate is a robot. Or a robot, as, uh, as they pronounce yeah. it on this show. Robot. Robot. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Stupid 50s people. Can't, can't be having it. So I love it. I love the way they say it. Robot. It's not like a frog. Robot. Yeah. Robot. <laughs> Robot. So... He's got a sex bot. Now, they never actually say in the episode that he's using it for sex, right? But let's be honest, though. Every time, every night he's going to bed, because there's an 11-month time jump after the, the ad break. So, you know you know for a fact, he's had his dick in every orifice he could on that thing. <laughs> I guarantee it. It's definitely a sex bot. Yeah. They're just not allowed to say that he's doing that. Uh, instead, he's at first. At first, he's mad. He's, at first, he's like, "I don't need a robot. This is this is no. This is this is unnatural." It's almost like he's yeah. ashamed because this, this makes him realize how lonely he is that this is supposed to fulfill that. He's, he's embarrassed that somebody had to bring him, you know, uh, <laughs> a companion mm. that's more than a sock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. You you brought this to a, a law that I did not I did not see coming. Well, yeah, so he's he's clearly embarrassed or ashamed or something in the beginning about it. But then once he sees that she has real feelings and she has the ability to be, you know, hurt and starts crying, then he makes a switch. Like, then he has compassion for her. Yeah. He has compassion and then, you know, they're, they're together, they're under the stars watching them. But it's a good job this asteroid has atmosphere, isn't it? Um, yeah right. <laughs> and eventually, it's like okay, it's time for the visit. Oh, or it's not time for the visit. So it's another couple of months, but the ship's coming down, and it's like okay, we'll we'll see them tomorrow. See what's happening. And sure enough, you know, Apple gets off the ship, and he's like, "Hey, it's happened. They've they've revoked all of this. This 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 form of punishment. This asteroid, you know, leaving people on their own. That's all done. You're you're coming home." And he's all happy. He's excited. And you know where this is going. He can't bring her back because he says, "Oh, you can you can bring fifteen pounds worth of luggage." But we've had to strip the ship bare. Yeah. So that everyone we've picked up can all fit. And he's like, oh yeah, we're going to get on there. You know, me, me and uh, Alicia. Alicia. Alicia, that was it, yeah. Me and Alicia are going to get on the ship and, it's going to, and it gets really awkward. He's like, oh, I forgot about her. Sorry, but like, she, she's part of the luggage. You can't bring her. She's over 15 pounds. And... Yeah, I like that he immediately just assumed that she was a passenger and wasn't considered yeah. stuff, you know. And we have this really dark ending where Appleby, because again they've got like a twenty minute window before they have to leave, mm-hmm. to try and prove because because you know Corey takes them to Alicia. He's like, hey, show them that you're a person that you have feelings that you you think for yourself. And notably, mm-hmm. she doesn't say anything. She's quiet the whole time. And basically, to to basically end this and get get him on the ship, Appleby takes out his sidearm and shoots her in the face. Mm-hmm. And somehow there's zero jizz that comes out of the robot <laughs> when that happens, because you know she's full. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do really like the design of the robot. I thought, or excuse me, robot. <laughs> robot. Yes. I thought when the the actual design of the look of her with all the gears and stuff was really effective. It was very Westworld. I thought the. Uh... Like the way her face was blown off, and it was just all these mechanical parts underneath. Uh, you know, that, I like that. I 
it's such a dark ending, and it's—I I think there's a couple, couple of implications here because it's, it's this really sort of down moment after he shot her, where Appleby's like, "Hey, like you know, you had your memories here, but you know you're going to be home," and uh, he's basically like, "Yeah, I'll have to." Yeah, I suppose that's true. I suppose I'll have to remember that. It's a very downbeat moment where it's not like he turns around like realizes that he's been kind of nuts. It's not like he he, he seems mm-hmm. genuinely upset that he's going to like m- you know miss her. And yeah, but he doesn't have that moment either where he like accuses him of Appleby of murder for yeah. shooting her. Like he he does recognize that maybe he's gone too far. But you know, I had sympathy for the 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 fact that he wasn't allowed to bring her. I thought, oh, they're just going to leave her on the asteroid all by herself? Like, that sucks because she can have feelings and well, loneliness. I'm not so sure she can. I actually think her not talking when she's been spoken to for like a good, good few lines uh, before mm-hmm. she's shot actually maybe implies that she never really did have that much like conscience before. It was like mainly him projecting himself onto mm-hmm. her. It was uh, a Wilson situation, huh? It was a Wilson situation, yeah uh that said though right before she gets shot she does look really scared and she's kind of like almost looks around like she's like a like a wounded animal looking for someone to protect her <laughs> and then you know boom dead but i think i kind of <laughs> like the i like the ending of this because it leaves it in this really bitter note that doesn't really have like a good answer this it's not like because obviously being science fiction we're like is the story the is the point of the story that she can be a person she can have thought, thoughts and feelings and she is sentient is the point yeah. of the story that he's <laughs> went nuts it doesn't give you a clear answer of either. It just kind of leaves it in this really like unknown place. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of I don't know. I had to take like a psychology class once where they I don't remember the name of the the scientist that studied that did the study, but it was like it's done with chimpanzees, like baby chimpanzees, and they had two mock parents for the baby chimpanzee. One was made of wire, and the other one was made of like soft stuff. But the baby chimps went to the ones that were made of wire because even though it wasn't comfortable or or, or nice to to feel, it still gave them some kind of compassion. Like maybe there was sounds that were familiar or or something. So it kind of reminded me of that for some reason. Just the idea that even if something is not real, um, you could still have a connection to it. I actually thought this episode was a hit kind of ahead of its time. Oh, sure. With yeah. The idea of like artificial life and whether or not it has any kind of value. Yeah. And obviously one of the themes as well, of course, is like uh, the punishment that he's got is like far too cruel, especially since it sounds like he was adamantly defending himself and it wasn't like a clear cut, you know, murder kind of thing. Although we're left mm-hmm. to kind of speculate. There's not a whole lot of like, solid answers in that sense um so maybe he is maybe he isn't uh i actually i like this episode a lot it may it's i think this one the first one are probably my two favorites so far and i think mm-hmm. it's interesting that both of them deal with loneliness both of them are about someone who's on yeah, about isolation also yeah, yeah. definitely if i, I got some like fr- black mirror vibes also from the uh from the idea of like the the artificial intelligence in Black Mirror that has sentience uh, and whether right, or not yeah be right back this. yeah yeah exactly yeah that episode yeah um hell even that first episode uh, where is everybody had them chatting up a mannequin at one point if you recall <laughs> this is if anything this is just an evolution of that 
This is like years right. after they've got moon, hey. you know, moon flight and other things. <laughs> I wonder if that mannequin that Rod Sterling brought out last week was the uh, the same one that was in oh, the car. Yeah, the same prop. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, but we've got got that line around in the warehouse. Yeah, I like that this episode was also very science fiction. You know, it takes place on a asteroid. We get rocket ships. Yeah. Um. It, it, yeah. This is like full on sci fi. This is like. Yeah. You know, we're in space we got robots like <laughs> like everything about it's like super sci-fi this one which i appreciate i enjoy that's good i really like this episode too i thought it was uh i thought it was a pretty great one i don't know if it's my favorite i do still really like the pilot episode but this one this one was well done i didn't really like the acting from appleby all that much kind of sound like he forgot his lines a couple of times but um but overall, I like the main guy. He was really great. I thought you did a good job because I mean, you have so little time—twenty-five minutes—to like go through all these beats. Like, I, I yeah. could, I could easily see this being like a two-hour movie and like having essentially the same story. Yeah, I would. I would probably enjoy watching that movie actually. Yeah, like you know, where you slowly <laughs> see him like build up to her, and you you see the relationship form, and yeah, like, and she becomes a real person in mm. in our eyes as well. Yeah, this one kind of jumps to that conclusion, and it's still effective. But you're right; if there was more time, it would be much more effective. And you know, cause, yeah, you you'd expect the ending that he chooses to stay because he's with her. Although that doesn't really work out because he would never get any more supplies because they're never coming back. <laughs> so he kind of he can't. But like, <laughs> had he completely lost his mind, he could have done that. Um, or like, you know, you could do a dark story where the robot like is evil and like kills him and takes his place or uh, maybe they like team up to kill one of the other like criminals who have been taken back or like i don't know like there's like so many like ways you could have went with this ending <laughs> yeah it, they could have killed that one guy who was a total dick to him the whole time that's true yep yep <laughs> but instead it does this thing where it's just like no here's just a very unsatisfying and not in like a storytelling level just a very unsatisfying like unanswered kind of like conclusion which i think works for the episode because it's this kind of uncertainty to it yeah uh, i think this episode's very it it's very clean like there's not a whole lot of filler in it it's really good it's very yeah, it's very tight script it doesn't waste any time everything mm-hmm. is important and relevant to what the overall plot is uh it's good and it's funny having now watched a couple of episodes of the new twilight zone uh and what they seem to be missing is kind of just knowing what to because it's not like a lot of these episodes have like clear endings or clear messages at the end because this one i don't think does but no it keeps it simple and straightforward enough that when the ending comes it it just makes you think about what it meant whereas like the last new episode of twilight zone from 2019 made me just kind of go what what was that ending supposed to be like it was it's like Mm-hmm. it was the opposite of this where this intrigued me and thought okay this is staying with me because it's making me think of what's going through the character's head whereas mm-hmm. that new episode of twilight zone made me go they had no idea how to end this so they, they had this yeah. convoluted ending to try and give it, it some had sort like of two meaning. endings it had an ending that would have been great i think or at least would have been fine and then they had a second ending of five minutes where you're like this just kind of changed the way i looked at the rest of the episode now unfortunately yeah uh so yeah i I think this episode also benefits from the idea that even if you guess early on where it's going because i think you can Mm -hmm. once once you meet the robot you can kind of see where it's probably going to end up going 
I don't think it it hurts from guessing. I don't think it hurts from you knowing and figuring it out that this is where it's going. Because it, all of the drama comes from the, the pain of the decision and the convincing mm-hmm. and the performances. So... Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. No, strong episode. It's really strong. I think it's probably... Well, maybe not better than the first one, but I think it's probably the best one since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That crushing yeah. agreement coming from coming from Tara. <laughs> I no, I agree. I don't really have much more to say about it. <laughs> well, in that case, we will mention the Rod Serling section at the end where he tells us about the next episode. And this one, I definitely remember because I remember Burgess Meredith been in it. Uh, yeah, I think everyone remembers this one. Yeah. Uh, so just to actually. Make sure I get the title right. Uh, time enough at last. Uh, yeah. So uh, a henpecked book lover finds himself blissfully alone with his books after a nuclear war. So that is what next week's episode is going to be. Looking forward to checking that one out um, and rediscovering it because I, I, I definitely remember that one because it's a pretty famous episode. Yeah, it's been parodied a lot too. Yeah. So that is uh yeah that is, that is, that is uh, this week's Twilight Zone. Um, Tara, if you would like to do the entire outro. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> this is, this no, will build, build your confidence. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Um, you could support Mild Fuzz on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can get some episodes of our shows early, including Twilight Zone reviews. Um, if you donate a little bit more, you can do things like vote for upcoming film reviews. Um, you can catch wooble 89 on twitter <laughs> is that something you say uh, not usually but if you can mild say that. fuzz tv is that at mild t- underscore fuzz there at, it is yes at mild underscore fuzz yeah <laughs> and uh that's been us so thanks guys see you next week for a burgess meredith episode uh also like and subscribe you can comment and let us know what you thought of the episode down below <laughs> I need a script. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you missed, though. You you did everything else. Okay. Too bad. Um, Also, check out me and Tara's uh, sci-fi movie podcast, which will have started by now, uh, called The Ace, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. Have a look at that. Uh, But that is us indeed. So thank you once again for watching or listening. Uh, We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV in the Twilight Zone.